0: i think a lot of people suffered so just
1: well at least Brie didn't perform because then they would have suffered even more <laughs> 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 then there would have been some real suffering yeah
0: get into uh, Switzerland on the Friday morning. I've got shivers up my spine when I'm telling this story. But I I get in there. I get into where I'm staying, in the city I'm staying. Can't check in, so I hang around until after lunch. Check in, go to sleep. Set my alarm for quarter past five p.m., so I only get a few hours sleep. And then I take a bus to Montreux. And I walk around there trying to figure out, you know, what's happening. And at 6 p.m., 6 p.m. was the meetup for people in the York. Now I get there at 6 p.m. and there's this one guy sitting there <laughs> in a Prince shirt on his own, <laughs> drinking beers. He's the only. He's wearing like an a, an emancipation era uh, shirt, and it says, um, the exodus has begun. Or well, pre emancipation. And and it's it's you know. You can just spot him from a distance or, or from a mile away. He's the only person sitting there, and I can't see anyone else around the bar. Happy hour started, and I just come up to him and I said, "Are you from the Org? Are you, you know, Bard and Rick from the Org?" And he said, "Yes." And then I sat down. I was like, "Where is everyone?" And he goes, "Well, we said meet at six, but really we're going to hang around between six and eight, so many, maybe more people will come." Anyway, nicest guys and the nicest fans I met throughout the whole trip, and basically because of them. I got a pick from Princess Guitar Tech. Um, I got I got really amazing, amazingly close view of the stage, and and, um, and and basically just really knew what I was doing. Had dinner, saw Jeff Beck, who was unreal, out of this world. I, I was half thinking. Um, that prince was going to rock up on stage but lo and behold the rumor had it rumor has it that he was actually rehearsing that whole night the night before um, so that didn't happen but Jeff Beck kick was good anyway friday done wake up saturday morning what time do you think i got to the place to line up for doors to open. Now, doors open at 5 p.m., first show at 7, second show, doors open at 10 p.m., and show between 11.30 and midnight.
1: I'm guessing you were there at 8 o'clock in the morning. I was there
0: <laughs> at about 9.30. There you go. <laughs> and how packed was the line? There was already about 15 or 20 people there.
1: Wow.
0: Yeah. Italians and Dutch. The, yeah, the, 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 the two, hard. There's so the, many Dutch, yeah. Yeah, the Dutch are... And in the Italians, but the Dutch more so are hard, hardcore. And these people, I met a woman, like she was over fifty, right, and had seen over a hundred and twenty Prince shows.
2: Oh, I, yeah, mm-hmm. I think I know who you're talking about. Now,
0: can you imagine being in that line and not not moving substantially from nine thirty in the morning till about six thirty at night?
1: Did you have your little pocketbook?
0: <laughs> no, left the pocketbook at home because when I met these oh. guys, I knew they were going to keep me company. The amount of stories and everything they were saying. We were going through possible set lists, requests. I didn't yell out endorphin machine. Oh, and that was you know, awesome. Wait, wait, wait. And do you know why? Two reasons. Number one, he played Empty Room and I lost my freaking nanas. <laughs> and second of all, <laughs> I was too in awe of the whole thing to even think of it. Never even crossed my mind. I was like, I, c- I thought that's why you became infamous, because you yelled it out. <laughs> nah, 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 I didn't. Who I-
3: do Did you remember that Aussie auger? He wanted what was it? Endorphin machine? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Endorphin
1: machine.
0: <laughs> Man, yeah, you think oh, we're hardcore? I'm, I'm talking to some of these fans, and I'm like, what do you guys want to hear? And one guy co- goes up and he goes. Um, Rebirth of the Flesh <laughs> and then I go up to Bard and I think oh what do you think he's going to play he goes, well he's not going to play it but I want him to play Sex Me, Sex Me Not and like all these really <laughs> obscure songs and can you imagine can you imagine my reaction when he opens up with when I lay my hands on you I mean a lot of it was really unique um, I, I did a little diary entry on the playing back and the only thing that kept re- constantly coming up in my notes was his guitar playing like He was literally on fire. And his face... He was possessed. Let me just put it that way. He was possessed on the axe. Just losing it. Like, I thought it was going to be... And I guess a lot of the material is a bit more... You know, it wasn't a rock show. There's a part in the second show that's more rock. And when Peach came on, I lost it again. (laughs) And the place just went into mosh pit mode. Seriously, when Peach came on. People just went... People just went crazy. And he was... And the licks some of the guitar playing in that rock section that Toe Jam would have already heard is unreal like it's just it's crazy and he he had his crybaby wah-wah pedal and he was using that a fair bit as well did he only use the one guitar that red Strat? no he used two he used the the red Strat and he used the burgundy Strat Okay. that's it he didn't touch the honer They they were tuning it he didn't touch it. Um, he had the f- the purple Fender bass in the corner, just in case. Didn't touch that either. Um, yeah, he just... He alternated only between those two car- uh, uh, guitars. Um, it was surprising to see that, but... Um, you know, because I thought he was going to use something a bit more trademarkish.
2: ish I don't and know. It, and it's pretty much a given it's going to be a DVD, isn't it, based on... No,
0: it's, it's actually... I, I would want to say yes and again if if that happened I'd probably I don't know what I'd do like I don't know what my reaction would be I'd just lose my <laughs> lose, I would literally lose my mind I'd give up all my possessions just for a copy of that but <laughs> it's cr- I mean wouldn't you if you would have mm. if you are like, I, I don't want to dampen anyone's spirits but I have to say these shows and the chemistry and the the musicality and the musicianship etc and the atmosphere and, and I guess the songs themselves, the, the the O3 shows to me now pale in comparison, for the most part. That's that's how good they were. Like there was a, people were just awestruck. Fans of that have been to his gigs for years. That I spoke to at least were just gobsmacked at the level, because they were quite short, 90 minutes each, I think, 90 to 95 minutes each per show so it wasn 't like they were really long, but i don 't know it, it just seemed to me maybe it's it was the fact that I kind of sensed that it was it was really something special you know because for example, and I had this conversation with a few people when you go to see a prince tour there 's always ups and downs i mean he 's always great to a degree, but it wa- it wavers you know this this they couldn 't afford to not be unbelievable and the band were, were ridiculous, like Blackwell, oh, thank God he's back it's, I mean the the shout outs that he that throughout the two shows were just crazy there's just so much crowded interaction um done willing and able done like that it's basically gospel <laughs> it was I mean I know it's gospel anyway, but it was like the I'm talking about the audience now
2: what about how did how did he do um she spoke to me without the horns? Like the licks on his guitar. Oh, okay, and it sounded crazy. I noticed it was a, there was a few ballads in there too. Yeah,
0: I yeah,
3: know the, you
2: got your wish of the beautiful ones flowing straight into nothing compares to you. <laughs> you know what? Nothing compares to. I you. saw that and I thought, oh, just what MC asked for. So. Yeah. Again,
1: wish came true.
2: Again,
0: I when the beautiful ones began, the the place went nuts. And the version they do with you know with, with with this band just kicks it and and it kills any version that he's done in the last few years. So that was really ex- I was actually excited. Like his vocals, this is the thing. I know a lot was said on Doctor Funk, Doctor Funk and stuff and all that kind of you know about his vocals and a lot of a lot of the times you read stuff like that and you think oh it's hype. It's just his vocals were really on point. They were they were unbelievable. Some of his he was like again I haven't. I haven't got the tracklist in front of me, but I'm pretty sure in both. I can remember him doing a fair bit of uh, scatting, and like uh, over the top of gu- his guitar playing, and he would kind of mimic himself and all this kind of stuff. So he did a lot of that kind of stuff, and and his vocals on um, uh, what's it called? I love you, but I don't trust you anymore were insane. Like it was just so classy the the way that he that he did. A lot, a lot of the vocals on it. Somewhere here on Earth was awesome. He, he was hitting ridiculous notes. Um, I don't know. It was just, you know. Obviously, I'm, I, I was enamoured with the performance, but I have to say that I didn't expect, I didn't expect how good it was going to be. The and the jellyfish and everything. Um, I guess I've I've I got a few notes if anyone's interested, and I can I can keep it quite... Uh, quite brief, but have you guys all seen the track lists? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Those track lists, to me, first of all, are amazing. I can't believe he did some of those songs. Second of all, the performances of those songs are so different than you'd expect. And that's one thing that really stands out. Um, like, oh, he played Little Red Corvette in a really interesting arrangement. Yeah, I can't remember wh- if it was the first or the second one. But he, he actually played them differently, funnily enough. He played okay. them differently. But the f- it must have been the first one then. There's this part where he just really breaks it down, similar to the Coachella gig, and he just starts soloing, really like really tasty licks all over the the main um, synth lines. Uh, so yeah, that was like really amazing. But I mean, uh, what did you guys think of the set list when you first read them? I was pretty happy I was like
3: I was happy to see some new stuff that we hadn't heard like Love Like Jazz and um, Elixir and like mm. even though they're not my f- like Elixirs you know it's not the kind of thing you expect them to do so that was kind of cool yeah but it was yeah it was kind of what I expected that that's sort of
2: similar to the LA gig
0: yeah it was yeah. a lot of it was similar
2: yeah I thought it was um, a good mix of ballads and rock kind of uh, tracks but Um, it seems to suit the Montreux Festival
1: like the kind of vibe of
2: that and it's just good that he's not doing the standard hits that he's been churning out the last few years yeah
0: it would have
2: been just dumb a waste yeah
0: that would have been god awful like if he did I feel Mm. for you and then as much as I love controversy uh, I think. and then
2: let's go crazy and kiss
0: yeah I would have it wouldn't have been the same this was this was really cool and the other thing is you know it's for In a Large Room with No Light was awesome. It just... The the jet... This is the thing. He played full versions of all the songs. That's number one. You know, That's there's good. no... There's no medleys here. It's it's a fairly short set list, fairly short shows. Um, the other thing is... I guess from the beginning, and um, I don't know if I remember... The introduction of the show was very different. Prince actually introduced the band members himself via loudspeaker. Like, just that took me by surprise. Like, you just hear his voice coming out and like, "Please welcome to the stage." I'm like, that's Prince talking. His John Black on there, and then he get, and then finally himself, and then he says, "You know, my name is Prince." In the second show, he goes, he says something like, uh, oh, and yours truly, <laughs> Prince." Okay, he he should have gone. <laughs> He should have gone, are you
3: ready to rumble? (laughs) That
1: would have been awesome. Here's the question, MC. Was there any mention at all of Michael Jackson? None. Nothing? I didn't think so.
0: I saw something on the org where someone thought that he said a line in All the Critics Love You New York about MJ. Nah, it didn't happen. I was close enough and I was paying enough attention in spite of the the jet lag that not a single mention... um, those introductions were crazy uh, because <laughs> Blackwell comes out like they come out one by one after he introduces them which was awesome like it's just it doesn't it doesn't do that normally no it's just really cool and they were all glammed up and Blackwell comes out and you know gives a peace a peace sign to the crowd and Ronda comes out and and um kind of bows in front of everyone and then Renato comes out and just you know, it doesn't do anything because he's Renato <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: that's he just, the best thing you've said <laughs> he just walks
0: straight to the keyboard I don't think he even looked up at the audience I don't know but um Renato, he's quite,
1: he just does nothing
0: <laughs> yeah Morris um, Hayes came in in the last part of the first gig and then he came in for the kind of rock section which in my opinion was the best section of the uh, second gig um so he was there and, and he was he was looking pretty pimped up pimped out I should say um you guys probably have seen some pictures, the the, the red suit with the zips, the chain, etc. Um, he alternated, just a, a, a little note here, he alternated between pumps and heels, that was very interesting, and he actually had, um, the kind of pumps he had were, he had little uh, flashing red lights in... in <laughs> At the bottom of them, you know, like this this <laughs> '90s sneakers we used to have in the early '90s. Yeah, yeah.
1: you had flashy lights. You see ten-year-olds walking around. Yes, yeah. <laughs> it's
0: hilarious. But I it, suppose it was,
1: they're the same size. So he was,
0: it was, <laughs> it was all, all in red. Yeah, the, the stage setup. I think Tojo mentioned something. It was interesting. It was, you know, it was it was like a new version of Sign of the Times, if that makes any sense. It was really minim- minimal, but similar to, to Sign of the Times in the sense that it was um, just
1: crap everywhere. Yeah, pretty
0: much. They were just literally crap. There were, th- there were things on the stage that I, I, I have no idea what they
2: were. But like, at least it's a concept of some sort. Uh,
0: yeah, he's got the jellyfish, and he had two heart-shaped mirrors, one against the, which was, uh, I, I'm a big fan of that, because it just mm. reminds me of the silent times. Um, and then he had a motorbike, like this old, but, old motorbike next to Rhonda's base, and he had like a... I don't know what you'd call it. It was something out of Back to the Future. Some kind of A DeLorean. Mo- <laughs> <laughs> he had a DeLorean on yes. stage. It
1: or was, did he was, have Marty's red Lifesaver jacket? It
0: was. He was wearing red, that's for sure. <laughs> he, he had, um... It was just weird. It was just I don't know, it's a contraption. Somewhere between a, a, a motorbike and a, um... Like a director's chair. It was just weird. It was just a weird thing. And, um, John was set up... John's drums were spectacular, by the way. He he's got these um, he doesn't have the what do you call it, the glass around him anymore. Uh, yep. mm-hmm. he doesn't perspex, yeah, he hasn't got the perspex. Yeah, perspex, and the he had these weird kind of bronze twirly things around his cymbals. It was just if you uh, there aren't aren't any good pictures of, of John's rig that have come out yet, but that'll be. That'd be pretty interesting to see. Uh, obviously, the standard stuff, you know, the pedals and everything, I saw pretty close. Pretty close up.
1: Uh, Not having that plastic around him is a one positive towards a DVD. Why? I think. Because it was what? Musicology too, where he had all that crap mm. plastic stuff uh, around him. But that, none of that was filmed specifically for a DVD. That was just filmed for Prince to stick in the vault. If this was done to make a DVD. They want to get the best shots they can, and having this big reflective glass plastic around them is not going to help.
0: Yeah, that makes that makes sense.
1: They, they did have cameramen.
0: I didn't count total cameras, but there's there's one camera right at the back of the auditorium that takes a full stage shot, mm. and it obviously zooms in. Then there's one which, for anyone that's seen the Montreux series, it's it's the quite it's the they have one camera that kind of um. Hover's overhead. Hover's overhead. Yeah. Okay, and there's only one, and it's on the right side, and but it yeah. takes really awesome kind of angles. Then there were one one cameraman with st- the camera station on the left, one on the right of the mic. Then there was a guy that was just... Uh, he was just with a loose camera at the front of the stage, and he was going from the from one side to the other, filming as he wanted to. There was one guy next to or behind Morris, Hayes, and Ronda, where their equipment was set up, there was one guy that was filming Renato and Blackwell, alternating between the two of them. And then there was another guy right at the back that only came out from time to time that would film the back, so it's kind of what you would see if you were on stage looking out at the audience. And in addition to that, I I think there's actually two cameras at the back of the stadium. One in the middle, and there's one somewhere else and there might even be two in the corner I don't know that's so pretty there positive were, there were heaps of cameras and they were all on um and, and, and they were showing them on the screens Because mm-hmm. the same one he had on the Ellen show yeah it looks like mm-hmm. some massive portal or something eh
2: yeah, looks like and the orb on the um lotus flowers. So. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah and it doesn't actually there wasn't anything
2: really uh,
0: I guess that the, anything that stood out from the, that projection. He had water sometimes, and he had fire, wind, almost like the elements, just the elements in the background. It was just Earth,
1: wind, and fire. Yeah, that's
0: it, maybe. He had less pedals this time. I don't know what that means, because usually I know he's, he's got a lot more than that. He, he looked, it looked like it only had about five or six. And I've seen a setup where he's got more than that, but maybe I'm mistaking, mistaking myself.
1: That brings me to the question. Was there a lot of whammy bar? <laughs> if he's got less pedals, that means more whammy bar. There was
0: a fair bit of whammy, and it was spectacular. <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: it was absolutely spectacular. As to long
1: the- as it was in moderation, in the right places, that's that's fine.
0: Yeah, no, there wasn't a lot of whammy. There 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 was a good amount of whammy. I don't know what a good amount of whammy is. There means. a good amount? <laughs> <laughs> is there any know. such thing? Yeah, I don't know, but um, I was I was happy with the whammy. His, oh god, like when you compare, 2003 Sydney shows, there were certain songs that he played where you, kn- you knew you were going to get guitar solos, right? Let's go crazy when he did a sign of the times, I think. Um, Everlasting now, you got the look. That's about it. Three quarters of this gig, he's on the guitar either playing rhythm parts or licks. And and he's going off his. Like, I was close enough to see. Like I mentioned this earlier, but I've n- I've never seen footage of him consistently for a whole show, where he's just going off his nuts. Like he's he's off his he's losing it when he's playing. It, if anyone's seen footage of of um, people like Buddy Guy and stuff and the kind of the the physical uh, physical things they do with the guitar, he was doing. All of that. He was hugging it. He was caressing it. He was throwing it. He was he was throwing picks. He's he was he was jamming so hard at one point that his the ring slipped off his finger, hit the mic, and um and it flipped out into the just in front of the audience, and he obviously didn't like that because the next thing I see the next thing everyone saw he walks up to the mic and just smashes it down the thing just collapses and he goes into this ridiculous guitar solo <laughs> it was he just it was really really short but sweet you know the show and was that's just, Prince <laughs> yeah that's it did you um detect a limp no, no nothing and actually there's a funny part uh, in all the critics love you in Montreux where he says um um Body don't but, buddy don't want to quit. Buddy don't want to quit. I got to get another hit. But then I think one or, one, one, one once or twice. Once or twice, I swear to the Lord, that he says, "But don't want to get, uh, buddy don't want to quit. I got to get another hip." But uh, and then Morris and I, the reason why I think he said hip, Morris cracked up completely at the synthesizer. He's just like pissing himself. I, I think he said that. So that that's pretty funny. Now, it it Listen, he wasn't d- dancing around on stage much. He was really focusing on guitar playing and singing and, and moving around um, pretty much as a band leader. But Did he play keyboards much? N- no, nothing. The only the only instrument he played was guitar. And he... No uh, drums? No drums. No bass? No bass. Oh. Um, he played the shaker. Oh. <laughs> That's got to be worth the flight over there, right? <laughs> on on somewhere here on Earth, I think he, he played the shake. Oh no, uh, in a Large room with no light, actually. He went into that, but stuff it. The guitar playing was ridiculous. Uh, uh, let, let me let me sum it up by saying this: Prince was the happiest, most loose, relaxed, most charismatic I've ever seen him, including any footage I've seen. He was like laughing, joking with the band, with the audience. There was calls and response. There were sections. I think in Love Like Jazz or maybe another song where Renata was playing really really nice as he does um, uh, you know jazz li- jazzy lines and licks and stuff and and basically it, it, Prince and, and Renata would set up a call and response where Renata would play something Prince would come back something on guitar and they would just go back and forth a couple times I don't know if that exists on this on the second show. was that was a treat like musically that was one of the highlights because you don't see a lot of that generally. Uh, at least I haven't, you know, I haven't seen that. So that was really cool, just going back and forth. Um, actually, one, one pretty cool thing was, at one stage, uh, the band was just jamming, again, I can't remember the tracks, but he was walking around at the front of the stage and, and like, basically motioning for everyone to clap. And there's a lot of clapping in this. <laughs> but he points up three fingers and then motions horizontally near his neck and kind of like, you know, when you... What do you call it? When you kind of cut yourself off,
2: mm-hmm.
0: you, you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah. And he, and he, and he basically said, like, look, this is three people playing all this. That's it. That this is all we need. And then he, and he actually did that again. And he, and that was like really cool to see because he was like, you know, he was he was pimping. He was walking around with his. It wasn't a limp. It was like he was basically strutting on the stage and going, look at my band. These, you know, there's three people playing all this. I think at one point he even sc- screams out like we're the best and everyone just goes crazy um, yeah I've got some shout outs okay shout it out
2: alright um, first one is um, I don't know if you guys have caught this but there's a French based forum called Purple City and they're streaming our podcast on there So. oh really okay mm, it's uh, a how long? Of thanks guys French or it's a mix of French and English but, yeah, it's a pretty basic site, but it's there streaming us.
1: Has that been around a, a while?
2: Um, I discovered it yesterday, so I don't know how long they've been around, but Purple, Purple City. City. Thank you, Purple City. Yeah. Uh, second one is, this, for the people that listen to us in London, there is a Prince Tribute Night at Cargo, which is at 83 Rivington Street, London, and it's on Friday the 7th of August between 6 and 8, and it's free entry. So if you go there, they're going to play Prince for two hours. Jeez, and there's a boat ride in London as well called the Prince Boat Party, and that's on 30th of August.
1: Are they going to play Get on the Boat? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> and you, you never know who might show
0: up, right? <laughs> yeah. Bria. <laughs> Surprise. Yeah, no sign of her, that's for sure.
1: Well, so much for her possible it. debut at Montreux. Which hinting at
3: yeah, mm. it makes you wonder actually if he planned all this love and elixir for her to sing, and then he's just gone. No, stop it! I'll sing it.
1: Now she heard him in rehearsal, and she goes, "I'm not even going to bother."
2: <laughs> no I it was the Montreux Festival, festival people. Yeah, the, the deal fell through if, if she went ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah, if Brie is going to sing it, the whole thing's off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, uh, one one interesting point that
0: I forgot to mention in closing: uh, Claude Nobs, the founder and organizer of the festival, came out at the end of the first show, and after Prince had left the stage and the band had left the stage, and said, "Thank you, everyone, for coming." Blah blah blah. There's a second show happening in a few hours. Um, just to let you guys know, uh, and he said this in French, so I'm kind of uh, assuming the translation I've been given is correct. He said just want to let you guys know that the show tonight was slightly shorter than normal and that you know shorter than the normal kind of stuff concerts that Prince plays but that's because he's playing a lot of rare stuff and jazz interpretations and different arrangements and this is going to be the only concerts with his band this year this year with sorry with this band with this particular band this year so um yeah, he made a big point of saying that. Green assault, I see. What's that? <laughs> Take it with a green assault. Yeah, yeah. See, th- this band could mean, oh, just the three of them. So if you add a horn section, that's a com- completely different band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, let's uh, let's hope for a DVD, right? Hey. You, you guys would... like it. it
1: well, second a- choice to an actual physical DVD being released will get some... Files on Lotus Flower, video files. Yeah, that. Whether they're flash well. files, whatever they'll be. Something if we're not cool. going to get a DVD, we'll get something. I'm guessing.
0: I hope so.
3: I mean,
1: he put out those four tracks from Coachella, so we'll wait and
3: yeah. see. He has to, though, surely. I mean, he had the opportunity with Musicology, didn't take it up. He had have we the opportunity. You've got a
1: few tracks.
3: Here yeah, and there? but like. <laughs> It's, it's kind of depressing going into like you know a video store and seeing them play like the police or Justin Timberlake or some you know some new fancy DVD and it looks awesome even though it yeah. might not be your favourite artist kind of thing and you just think oh man if Prince put out something like this it would just blow people away well
1: so, on some because yeah. there were cameras everywhere and they have just... you seen the,
3: the DMSR clip on Lotus Flower that's yeah. awesome yeah. Yeah. that's awesome like you imagine a DVD that would just
2: kick ass mm. I preferred that or Montreux DVD over the London stuff that was supposed to be loaded on that iPod. Oh, yeah. 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 The thing that I don't understand... That doesn't interest me at all.
0: I don't understand about... With regards to filming, like, for example, with London, right? He's doing his shows. If... I just... I guess I'm not familiar with how filming works with regards to... Does he keep all the tapes, all the material? Does he have his own... People does he have his own directions? Does he? How does that work? Because, for example, the Montreux Jazz Festival—that is all done by them, meaning that they, unless he's got a different agreement, which he might have, for all the other artists, they keep the master copies, they keep all of that, you know, locked away and archived, and they release it, you know, if the artist agrees to it and if it's worth releasing. With the musicology tour or with the London tour even though if it was, they were filmed surely they weren't filmed you know surely all shows weren't filmed with the intention of releasing a DVD and I think that makes a difference because this yeah. one was
1: yeah there were, there were select shows I remember on, at the time there were select shows which had a bunch of extra cameras uh, and I were think- filmed properly there was maybe four or five but every show I think had minimum four cameras just for the the big screens, mm. but but there, were, f- but there were a bunch of shows which they had a whole bunch of extra cameras all around, and yeah, and there was so uh, much talk about it at the time, and nothing happened.
2: Yeah, I remember um, one of the MPGMC updates was something about the band members hanging out playing pool and watching a DVD of that same night's performance. Yeah, yeah. and they were bragging about it, and they were watching it, and it was like everyone's going, "Oh, well, they're going to release a DVD and you know, so they well, well, always throw it out there that they, you know, they're recording it.
1: Well, just about every after every show, there was an after party, and most of the time, it would stick in the DVD of that night. Mm. Like the two shows that I went to, which was the rally and Columbia, both after parties, he chucked in the DVD and played like an hour of the sh- the show which we were just at, which was cool. That's,
0: that, again, brings me back to the point of... of, of Does anyone have any uh, inclination about who owns the tapes or who holds it or how does that work? Because, for example, with Musicology and with London, <laughs> I would assume that any shows that were filmed for potential release or, or professionally filmed for whatever reason would have been orchestrated, organised and handled by him and yep. or his crew. Yep. This is completely different. I highly yeah. doubt that Claude knobs and the Smith Montreux people would say, sure, you know, we're going to pay you to come here, we're <laughs> going to film you as we do with everyone else, because you didn't let us film you two years ago, and we're going to give you all this material just so you can have it. I don't think that would be the case. I could be wrong. Any thoughts?
3: No, Prince, I'm sure he's got the rights to it, whatever it is. No, 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 the, no, no, no but he, every artist has the rights to it. Yeah, him. yeah. I mean, I, I'm sure he's got... You know, I'm sure it's in his contract that he decides, you know, what happens with the footage. So
0: So do you think he actually gets it, though? That's my thing. Like, physically.
1: I think the Montreux people, which filmed it and did everything, I think they'll put it together as a DVD release. And I think they'll do a bloody good job because it's in their best interest for it to be released and make some money off of it. So they're going to make the best damn editing, the best show they possibly can. As a full set DVD done, send it to him. What do you think about that?
2: And then, and he'll, then, pitch and then he'll say about no. It.
1: If say no, don't like it. No, I reckon the they'll end. turn the
2: footage over to him. He'll edit it the way he likes, and then they'll get a cut of whatever the sales. Yeah, twenty percent, uh, whatever. Let's just
3: hope he doesn't do a one note line live where he cuts like pictures in between.
2: Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Kind
1: of stuff. He'll mix it in with all that handheld cameras on YouTube, and he'll yeah. mix all that in. God. It'll be great. <laughs> I can't well, wait. No. Text,
3: text, you know, text graphics all the way through it, running up and
0: down <laughs> the side of the screen, that kind of thing. Man, I would take anything. <laughs> Literally, it would just be. But it it was just an amazing experience, and the the thing that stands out to me, aside from the guitar playing, has to be the fact that. He brought something else to the festival, you know, like, you have to think about it he's closing the festival
1: he's brought back there
0: yeah, he brought and, I don't know, it was just something about it, there's a difference between just playing a gig and and coming in there and tearing the place apart, and him him, you know, him and uh, and the guys in the MPG, they just really like, Blackwell's Blackwell's, um Ridiculous stick twirling and crossovers and all that kind of stuff. Oh god, it just blows my mind every time. It's just unreal to see. There's 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 a part in um in both shows where they're about to end one of the songs, and Blackwell stands up off of his seat with sticks in hand, and he's just waiting for Prince, and the, and the whole band is looking at him. He's waiting for Prince to just give him the give him the call, you know, for the final the final coda and he's just waiting waiting and then you can just see Prince just kind of just wink or nudge or whatever and then instead of finishing the song John you guys have probably seen all this you know when he um when he twirls the sticks like off and he hits them off the cymbals and they kind of yep they're in mm. midair so he's not not when he's seating and he's doing that for like a good 10 seconds and people are just going ridiculously insane and then he just finished it <sighs> You know that's another thing. It's not just Prince. It's people like Blackwell and Ronda and.
1: Well, he is the octopus on crack. Remember. That's right. <laughs> he's an animal.
0: We don't want to open a can of worms. But I mean, like, just I don't know that that to finish up on the on the whole show. So I I never thought I I would ever hear like in a large room in the light live, even though they played it a few months ago. But like stuff like "Willing and Able" and Peach and "Empty Room." I don't know, Captain. You said you heard "Empty Room." Where was that?
1: In Japan, oh, in okay. one night alone. Yeah, that would have been cool. It was great. It was Blackwell. It was. It was nice. And it, as soon as I heard the, you know, at the start of it, I'm just like, "Fuck off!" No way.
0: Yeah, that's my. That was. <laughs> that was my and then reaction. You just, then you just forward.
1: stood there and just took it in and just blew your frick brains out.
0: Yeah, well, I blew my freaking brains out <laughs> when that... Re- that was the only song I remembered in the moment after the first show was over. Yeah. I, I just came out of there going, guys, I went up to that Bard and Rick guy, I was like, we played Empty Room, we played Empty Room. And I was just, uh, jumping around <laughs> after <laughs> the beginning. yeah,
1: Doing the dance of joy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's one thing to play Empty Room and there's another to play it like <laughs> that. And that version just blows that. People around me had their their jaw dropped. Especially after... I think he played that, um... after a few slower tracks as well, so that kind of... You know what he'll probably
2: do? He'll probably edit that out of the DVD. No, no. That has to be... He He, should just do something... That's what he's like. I'm telling you. No. No. If If there's there's one... one, Whatever your (laughs) favourite tracks were,
3: he'll come
0: out. If there's one... If there's one song... And performance of the song out of the both shows put together that need to be released, like on Lotus Flower on streaming, whatever. It, it's that version of Empty Room. It's that good. I'm not even talking it up. It's that good. Like it does not get better. You, you know the the version that's on um that came with C note.
1: Yep. Pales in comparison. Pales. It's like it's like he might a, he might uh, look Randy at Sand. it as well. I've already released that, so let's just cut that out of the DVD. That would be the dumbest thing. Is <laughs> that actually you no know what? It wouldn't be that dumbest It would m- just follow through <laughs> with all the other dumb things. Exactly. <laughs> it wouldn't be any different from any other decision he's oh, made. <laughs>
3: Shoot the duck! Shoot the duck!